We originally decided to do this special podcast episode in light of the bombshell Tucker Carlson interview with Vladimir Putin. But then it turned out that on the day that that particular interview dropped, a whole bunch of other things took place in the nation and around the world that must have the globalist and the elitist shaking in their boots. Was it the day that the earth stood still for globalist? So that's what we're going to talk about in today's special podcast episode. We're going to be discussing the bombshell interview with Tucker Carlson and Vladimir Putin. We're going to be discussing the train wreck of a press conference that Biden gave after the scathing special report was released, which it pretty much shared that he was mentally incompetent and is not fit to stand trial in the light of his uh, documents controversy that were found in his garage. Basically, a similar case to the one that Trump has with documents that he kept after he was in office. Then the president of El Salvador, Bukele, gives a scathing speech to the globalists and the elitists and the woke agenda in light of his recent re-election in El Salvador. And he talks about some of the things that he did to bring his country back into a degree of prominence. And to cap the whole thing off, President Trump's case with the Supreme Court in regards to him being kept off the Colorado ballot seems to be going very well for him. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K-Cartoon. This is Rx Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics, current news, and relevant subjects with a philosophical and comedic flair, and our take on it, two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Going over to our website, that's hangingwithapes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip hop, go to any major music streaming platform, type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. Like always, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch. And if you know somebody who would be interested in the things that we talk about, here on the show, please share it with them. We are on all podcast platforms. As you heard in the intro, this is a weekly Tuesday podcast, but this episode is not coming out on Tuesday. This is a specially released episode because there was just too much going on to not talk about it. Just a Tucker Carlson interview with Vladimir Putin in and of itself was enough to do a special uh, episode. When we first found out that the interview was coming, we decided we were going to do a special inter- uh, a special episode on the interview. We, we knew that right off the bat. But then the day was filled with so much other just groundbreaking bombshell news that it was like, all right, well, this is basically going to be like a whole episode because there's just so much to cover, which... We're not the only people that do this. I, I noticed the the PBD podcast, they do that a lot. Where like yeah. PBD <laughs> will say like, yeah, I text the guys last night. I'm like, hey, everybody be there at six in the morning. We, we got to cover all this stuff, <laughs> which is 
which is kind of cool to to know that just it's like there's certain things you feel like it can't wait you know yeah i just couldn't have waited till tuesday because it's just too much shit going on and again this was originally going to be like the vlad the tucker carlson vladimir putin interview we talked about it uh in the beginning of the week um we got the notification from tcn talk across the network and we saw a little video but he didn't state when the episode was going to come out no uh, we just knew that well first there were rumblings of 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 such an interview taking place there were rumors there was like all right he's been spotted in moscow and that alone made the mainstream media lose their mind like just at the speculation yeah. that he was and then there were rumors i because i've known that he and he's stated this before that he's wanted to interview putin for a while uh but he he wasn't able to and then there was uh a, a time when he was still at fox where he found out that where well, he talked about this when he was on the full send podcast where uh, uh, basically they found out as they were getting everything coordinated for the interview that the NSA was spying on their text messages and stuff like that. On Telegram. He, uh, he said that this time around, uh, th- they were, they feel like they were doing the same thing, but they went forward with it anyway. Yeah. Um, but it was, it but when he was spotted in Moscow before he had even announced that he was going to do an interview with Putin, it was just all speculation. I remember Russell Brand put out a video saying, uh, like basically talking about how the mainstream media was speculating on it and then how even in their speculation, they were losing their minds. And then it turned out that people started saying, well, we don't know because he could also be there to interview Edward Snowden. And then when it came to that, the mainstream media didn't seem to be too in an uproar about that. But the notion of him potentially interviewing Putin had them in all their panties and all sort of a twist. And then when it turned out that he released that he was indeed got there to interview Putin. Then this total meltdown across the left and across yeah. mainstream media, across the neocon conservatives, yeah. wild, wild stuff to the point that I don't know if I've ever seen such a reaction like that for an interview. Um, really kind of opens the door to a lot of the conspiracy theories that people have been saying that there's a lot more to this war the fact that that so many people didn't want an alternative narrative yeah. to to be published interesting stuff it's quite hypocritical isn't it 60 minutes interviews putin obviously this was before the war msnbc interviewed putin no uproar um and there's always been this kind of rivalry that like an unspoken rivalry with with uh Russia and because a right wing a more more of a right wing or a mega first or america first mega type uh journalist um comes to Moscow to interview Putin they lose their mind i saw even that Hillary Clinton was asked yeah, about the interview uh, MSNBC, and then she's like, "Oh well, he'd be a useful idiot." And it's so funny that 
you'd be so quick to call someone a useful idiot before watching an interview or even do your research on a guy like Tucker Carlson because the thing is this. Oh, what, she's familiar with Tucker yeah. Carlson. Make no mistake. She yeah. knows exactly who and what he is. Make no mistake oh, about that. Which which then would make it even even worse because I know that she knows who he is, but do you watch the interviews or, or are you that biased and that's stupid because you make yourself look like a bozo. Like uh, he no, it's just that he's he. I'm sure she watches. It's just that he is that threatening to them. Yeah, to their the the global. Like I said, basically the title of this episode is the day the Earth stood still for the globalist because that is like what happened yesterday, and th- for a, a big portion of that was the notion. That they are going to hear, that the American people are going to have an opportunity to hear a narrative that the globalists, the elitists, the warmongers do not want the average everyday person to hear, especially in light of sending Ukraine all of this money. Yeah, yeah. And, and I find it hilarious because, like, if you pay attention enough, of course, we're never going to know what the intelligence agencies know, but you'd be able to piece things together and I remember explaining the Ukraine and the Russia thing and the NATO thing and how Russia was very threatened by NATO and then playing this buddy buddy thing with Ukraine was what what ultimately um, you know made them be like oh well alright cool this is a little too uncomfortable and now we're going to take it there Um, what 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 was interesting about uh Putin was he didn't really like fall into the I, I liked how he spoke in the regard of any time that he mentioned somewhat of a communication with a president or something he was very careful yeah. in what he said which I find that uh a redeemable quality because if I have a conversation with you and if you're my enemy or if you're my competition I wouldn't say my enemy but my competition I'll respect you enough to be courteous to like the conversation that we had behind closed doors. I might reference the conversation uh, to to add to the context of my point, but I wouldn't go too deep into it because that's, again, conversations that happen behind closed doors and you got to give that person that respect. And so I felt that every time that he did mention certain things, he's very careful. Yeah. Um, very calculated. Um, very... It was kind of a little bit, I felt a little bit embarrassed because I feel like uh, Biden <laughs> talking about the history of America would would be a d- disaster. Yeah. First of all, because he can't even finish a sentence, let alone a paragraph. So it, it tells you where American politics are at and where Ro- Russian politics are at when it comes to leadership. And so that's concerning. Um, he seemed calm about the situation and kind of like, well, I'm, I'm here to, I'm, I'm not going to overstep, uh, any situation. Uh, I remember Tucker asking him about, uh, what was it? Uh, why not, why not go to the news and, 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 and talk about the CIA, uh, hitting the Nord Stream, uh, pipeline. Very aware of the situation, Putin was like, "Well, why would I go on in a 
on a propaganda war versus America who are the best at that. And so uh, someone that is at war understands that war has many angles to it and understands that there's battles that you will lose if you take on those battles, no matter what. And so the self-awareness was... Um, obviously, because I'm an American, a bit concerning because it's like, wow, this guy kind of has a good footing on what he can do and what he can't do. Yeah. As opposed to where we're at and the leadership that we have and the president that we have. And so that, that was, uh, very interesting to me. Um, do you think? Do you think that Putin wants to go to war based off of this, or or, or, or further the war into something bigger uh, from the interview, or do you think that it's kind of like, well, he just wants to sit down, talk, and and see what they can negotiate. No, what I gather from the interview is that he seems more than willing to broker a peace deal uh, or to have a peace deal brokered. I think that that's something that he would like. He, he, he mentioned as much. He said that there was a point in time that something in terms of a, of a, of a peace deal was drawn up and it was sort of eroded by Boris Johnson yeah. Uh, who was basically serving as a satellite for the for Washington. Um, you know, I don't know how true any of that is, but it he he said it. He said it. Um I I will say that the way that he spoke, it definitely dismantled the narrative that he's some sort of madman that wants to see the world come to an end. Yeah. It definitely dismantled that. He came off as a leader who wants to very much see the proliferation of his nation. Yeah. And and like them be good. Like he talked a lot about the motherland. He talked a lot about uh about like the pride in his nation, which is interesting because you don't get that sentiment or a, at least a lot of uh, a, a, a lot of leaders here in the United States. They don't convey that sentiment that the United States is a, a place that they're like really proud of to be from. Yeah, yeah. Whereas he like very much conveyed that sentiment uh, all while dismantling this notion that he's like this madman that wants to see the world come to an end, which the mainstream media had been swinging such a narrative um uh since the the beginning of the war so i definitely would go I, I definitely would go with i do think that he would like to see a peace deal brokered i also liked how he never flat out said but in many cases throughout the interview he alluded to the notion of a deep state where basically saying that yeah like but a lot of the people that you think are in charge aren't really in charge or i've spoken to american leaders and they'll tell me one thing but then like when they talk to the powers that be they they say something else uh he seems to be he seems to be very aware of that 
So I think what I gathered is that while he would be somewhat content with the gains that he's made, which he suggested as much in the interview that basically it would be embarrassing for for the West, the rest of Europe, the UN, the United States to be, I guess, in anywhere near enthusiastic about a about a peace deal, considering the fact that they've poured so much money into this and it all started off with, oh, Russia's weak. They're going to get destroyed and everything. And like it, since this conflict has begun, they've gained you and Ukraine has lost. Yeah. So that's the other thing. It's like, I think he's looking at it like, all right, well, rather than like pour more resources into this, I could be in a position where, where I'm willing to broker the deal. Like we got what we got and then yeah. let's, let's go from there. Um, so that that is that is something that I I did feel like it did come off as sincere, um, but there were so many other things that I found like super fascinating about the uh, about the interview. Before we we head to that, to add to that, do you think that the willingness he showed to broker a peace deal? Do you think that that was the catalyst to the left losing their mind and like, oh no, 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 why is he interviewing them? Because of the fact that like their warmongering kind of really stops at a halt. Uh, I think it's it, it. It was a lot of stuff. I think that's definitely part of it, and maybe even we could go to make the argument that that would be like somewhere near the top of the list of of why they would lose their mind. Because again. It, it begins to dismantle the narrative, the, the picture that they've painted of him. It yeah. begins to dismantle of it like like it's this is like a a, a, a a lunatic that'll stop at nothing. Yeah. And it didn't come off that way. This guy came off very much as a like a calculated chess player yeah. that has this infinite affinity for his nation, yeah. which... I mean, if you're looking at things pragmatically, you can't really be mad at that. Like at, no. at the notion that he has like such an affinity for his nation. Um, so I think that's that's part of it. Um, but I think the other thing that they would lose their mind over, even more so than than what you just uh, brought up in regards to his willingness to have a peace deal brokered, yeah. is that. There were a lot of subtleties throughout that interview that if you're not into politics, if you're not into what's going on around the world, you would have missed it. And I, I'll give you an example of, of a few. So when he brings up Bill Clinton and his meeting with Bill Clinton, and he talks about how he asked Bill Clinton if there is a possibility if one day Russia could could uh, potentially be allowed into NATO. He said that we're taking steps to become even more bourgeoisie than you, which for anybody that doesn't know bourgeoisie, that's basically like the, the communist terminology for a capitalist. So like the bourgeoisie were, were the capitalists, the, those of means, and the proletariat were the working class uh, that don't have means. We now know in a more sophisticated world, it's not so black and white as Marx would have painted it, 
but that's the terminology that they use and obviously uh this guy is from a, a foundation that is a communist foundation soviet union? soviet union the kgb so on and so forth uh so that's the terminology he used whether or not when he said that to clinton he was sincere in in what he was talking about i don't know i'm not i don't live in russia and obviously their media is very propagandized and so we're looking at this from a lens that is very unbiased and pragmatic we're not looking at it from a lens of oh we're putin apologist or anything like that we're just looking at things for for what is at face value and, at the moment. and and that was what he said he told bill clinton and bill clinton seemed very uh uh receptive to the idea but then when he met with leaders of those alphabet agencies that ramaswamy was bringing up the way he phrased it yeah. in the in 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 the um, in, in the debates then it turns out well no now we can't or no or whatever yeah. the case and what was interesting further before i get even deeper into it a lot of this interview truly 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 did vindicate ramaswamy so much on some of the things that he said about yeah. the conflict uh, which is which is crazy because it's like you see like how smart this guy is but because when another thing that that I think also uh, the mainstream uh, media uh, lost their mind over or 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 they knew there was a potential of this being brought up is the staunch neo-nazism of Ukraine yeah like they want to paint it like it's this free nation. But you and I, we don't know this guy personally, but we we are familiar with his work, Coach Red Pill. Yeah, he died in a Ukrainian prison, and why? Because he had a crit. He criticized Zelensky and the Ukrainian government. So that's the other thing, is that like people that are in this realm of like the content and the deeper and the deeper and the deeper you go, the more and more you realize that the other side is not as clean as the American media would like to paint them. Yeah. Putin brought up. How Zelensky and the Canadian Parliament were applauding a Nazi in Canada. The mainstream media doesn't want you to know about that. No. So all of these no. things that, like, they want to paint Zelensky as 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 a beautiful angel, no, as absolutely. as Putin the devil, and this interview totally dismantled that. Also, what I think uh, uh, this was much more in the subtle realm, but very interesting. Did you catch when Putin mentioned uh, and he said the phrase "the golden billion"? Did you catch that? The golden billion, the golden billion. Yes, but but uh, what, what what was the context? Because it was so so the golden billion. It, he basically was in. He said it in the context of that. Basically, the world should be a place where nations have sovereignty it should be a place where every every nation basically has like res like its respect to its own and 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 serve all people not just the golden billion now i don't know if you if you remember but this is years ago and when i heard that i was like where did i hear that before and I remember there was there was uh, an interview, not an interview, a documentary that you, me, and Ernie watched a long time ago. It was like one of those very like underground, obscure 
interview, uh, it, docu- I keep saying interview, obscure documentaries. It was called Zeitgeist. I don't know if you remember that. Oof. Uh, it was it was some years ago. Yeah. Like like I mean we were uh, we were like in our late teens. Uh, uh, it was called Zeitgeist because you remember those 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 other uh, weird um, documentaries that he, he he would get a hold of like uh, Elements, yeah, and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was one like in the realm of that, but it was called Zeitgeist, and and this was like it talked about like the Rothschilds and like yes. basically the New World Order and everything like that. And what's funny is, as I was like, because I had to pause the interview when I heard that, I'm like, where did I hear that before? And my mind snapped back because um, of this OCD memory that I have. My mind snapped back to that. I was like, the Golden Billion, they talked about that in on that on that documentary. And so essentially... They're talking the, about 9-11 too or no? They, like a lot of a lot conspiracies. Of shit, yeah. so, so like basically the notion of the Golden Billion is this notion... That the globalists basically they want to make it where it'll be like a billion people that live in like complete and utter royalty, yeah. and basically everybody else in the in the world is their slave, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Which Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, the globalists, the elitists, you do see that they are making steps towards such a world order they're like a board- beating around the bush with like, what they like say. a borderless world order yeah. like one currency for the world like like all you'll own nothing and be happy yes yeah. all of that type of stuff so i think ultimately what those in power like behind the curtain are really upset at is that i think all that like this war shit or what all all of these are just tools for them to use but ultimately, I think what they're upset at is is that see Putin didn't like blatantly say, "Oh, like there's the golden billion and like they're coming for all of us." He didn't he didn't go about it like that because he you mentioned it in passing. You almost. can't go about it like that, but it was in passing. And what was interesting is I was reading on X like some people's like different uh, views on and and their 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 opinions on the interview, and the one that struck out to me the most was andrew tates and he said that that interview came off he said that soft he said that interview reminded me of of when i used to play my dad at chess yes he's like he's like this is somebody that like is clearly like many steps ahead of of where everybody else is at he knows what to say and and how to say it and to who to say it to like pure psychopath stuff like in, in the regards of like the, the 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 like manipulation like yeah. I mean he was like a KGB agent so yeah. obviously he knows how to like maneuver things because yeah. that like one criticism that you saw a lot on X is that oh from based people was like oh how come he didn't go harder on like the degeneracy of the West well, and that, everything that, like that Andrew Tate that was what I didn't agree about the tweet was in the beginning where he said the interview was soft he could have went ham on he could have went crazy on American but like no, 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 but he wasn't saying it. He uh, he wasn't saying it like that's what he thinks he should have did. He oh, was saying it like I took it. Yeah, the, the way he wrote was it. Soft. He could have went ham, but this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, because the, the the yeah, and that that makes a lot more sense because 
it was it was funny. The beginning of the tweet, I was like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Then when he said when I used to play my dad in chess, yeah, I was like, yeah, that's what I got out of the yeah, interview. Yeah, exactly. But it seemed but, like an oxymoron. But now that you're saying, yeah, no, he was okay. saying it like he like, kept it chill. Is basically like, what you're saying. He probably could have worded it better, but he was like, it, he could have said it. He he was intentionally soft. Yes, intentionally yeah. soft. And and uh, he could have like lambasted lambasted the West, but strategically chose not and, to. And guess who was one of the, well, actually the sole person in in all of like the influencers that was saying that this guy was the best chess player in the world, Coach mm-hmm. Redpill. Yeah, Coach Redpill before the war said, or right when it started, he's like, yeah, Russia's gonna win pretty easily, and uh, the. The EU is not gonna know what hit them in this in the sense of like this guy's always many steps ahead. He's like he's the best chess player. He's better than like way better even than Trump. And so, in in the way that he spoke and in the way that he mentioned things, it's like you're very correct. Andrew Tate's very correct. He knew what to say, when to say it. He knew when to keep it real and when to. Um, keep things to himself. He knew when being asked a question, if he was in in the middle of a point, he's like, yeah, okay, I'll get to that, but let me finish. Yeah. he He's not the type of person who's going to get dictated by whoever he's being interviewed by. Yeah, and then also, I like that, like, I think a lot of people find it long-winded, but I noticed that a lot of smart people, they talk like that where... Because they think in a way that's different. Like, they think, like, so big picture. If you notice, he he talked not as eccentric, but Milo talks like that, where it's like, when he's answering a question, he's like, you expect him to come through the front door, but, like, before you know it, he's, like, on a ladder coming in, like, the window from the top, because that's not, like, how his mind works. Like, you want him, it's like, oh, I'm asking this question, I'm opening the door, walk through the door. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm going to like go in the house, but I'm going to like bring my ladder and I'm going to put it on top Man. and I'm going to climb the ladder. So I'll get in the house, but like not the way that you're anticipating me entering the house. Yeah. And and that's just and, and if you notice, like Putin was like that, because basically Putin knew that the agenda of the interview was you want to know like why this why I decided to invade Ukraine. I understand that. But before we get into that, I'm going to give you a history lesson because I want you to I want you to grasp as much as possible that for as long as time has been, this region has been a part of this nation so much to the point where there are places in that region that they don't even speak Ukrainian. They speak Russian and Hungarian before Ukrainian. Yeah. So and, and and which was interesting the way that he end, ended the interview with with that story from the battlefield of those soldiers that were surrounded yes. by Russian soldiers and the Russian soldiers told them listen you're surrounded give up don't th- there's no point in dying and those Ukrainian soldiers in Russian responded in the Russian language responded Russians do not give up so they in their soul see themselves as Russian yeah they didn't give up they ended up getting killed. What does that tell you? Yeah. What does that tell you? But then again, that also points out in a subtle way the notion that 
there's a lot of people fighting on the Ukraine side that are being forced to fight, rather, whereas that's not a problem in Russia. There's no. the pride of it. So, so that was that I found was was very interesting, as well. Another thing that I found very interesting, which was also one of like those subtle chess moves, if you will, was when he brought up his relationship with Xi Jinping. Yes, and he was like my very close friend. Yeah, which is interesting because it was basically like I felt like that was his message to the West. Like you motherfuckers have have fueled this war so much to the point where, and, and you have not just fueled this war, but you have kept me and this nation out of the conversation so much yeah. that now. This is my buddy now, because yeah. like if you notice, like he, like he, when he brought up any other world leader, he never spoke. He never said my very close friend. No, he's like, oh, we had a relationship, we had a personal, but this was like, you would have thought that him and Xi Jinping were like me and you, like yeah. the way he yeah. talked about yeah. it. Like he's like my very close friend. We deal with trade and in science and in research and in every. Like he wanted the world to know that. We are rocking together. You motherfuckers did this, yeah. And 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 now whatever happens, whatever happens to it, just know that while you got Chuck Schumer over there talking about, oh, if 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 we don't keep sending money, American troops uh, are American uh, uh, troops are going to have to be boots on the ground, which was great that Tucker asked him that question, because that's when he really kind of like gave gave like a little bit of a of a body shot to the to the U.S. He's like, why would they do that? That's stupid. You got an open border. You have all type of shit going on. Inflation. Like, basically, what he did in that interview is I'm showing you that I know as much as your about your country as you do. Yeah. Your media barely knows anything about me. You just yap, 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 yap. You don't know what the hell is going on. You motherfuckers are pushing a war because your elitists over there are, are, are fucking banking off of it. Yeah. This puppet Zelensky is basically going to go wherever the money tells him to go because this motherfucker is rocking with neo-Nazis when his dad fought against Nazis and he's rocking with them. What does that tell you about him? That this motherfucker will go wherever the money pushes him. He said all of that, but in such a calm and subtle way. Yeah. And 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 it was this interview though. It really wasn't for like the the layman. This was like an interview. That w- is to be interpreted by a a, a, a more advanced yeah. Uh, um, this will bore the hell out of us. Commentator, yeah. yeah, like it was. You have to be patient. You have to pay attention. Like uh, one thing, but I don't know if it would have mattered had Tucker's asked anything about Prigozhin from the Wagner Group, the 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 leader, because right. I I was I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, because uh, I obviously. Uh, so I don't know if you remember, there was a moment where the Wagner Group started uh, attacking, uh, or, or there were reports. Yeah, 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 there were reports that they were marching towards, uh, towards the uh, Kremlin. Yeah, the Kremlin, and it started to become this whole thing, and then all of a sudden it died down. Yeah, and then I figured, oh shit! In my in 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 my interpretation, I was like some. There was must have been some intel with Prigozhin where like they were like ah oh, this is where we're gonna go from uh, either NATO or the West or something. Then Putin 
people fixed it, but I, I'm going to tell you what my thoughts were, is I knew that was the end of Prigozhin. Like, I knew, like, his life was, he was not going to be living much longer. Yeah, and then they, they shot down that plane. Yeah, yeah. which, yeah, so when I saw... So well, they really blew up the plane. It wasn't even shot, it blew up in the air. Yeah. yeah. And so I remember, because I was like, I remember when I saw that in the news, I was like, wow. Well, yeah, that's, oh, that's oh, what happened. I'm glad you brought that up. So, do you think it would have been a good question or, or a question that should have been asked? Because I, I mean, obviously, as Putin, it, it, I guess, I guess it, 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 it could have been a good question, absolutely. But, but to me, if you remember, do you remember when when that rift started between the Wagner Group and 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 Putin. Yeah. Do you remember the reason why they said that it was starting? Because I, I, I vividly remember. Because Russia wasn't aggressive enough. Exactly. Versus Ukraine. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw. I don't know if you saw uh, 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 Tucker's post-interview commentary, but he basically said something. He didn't bring up the Wagner Group, but but he brought up how every time we've removed a leader the region becomes more unstable like wherever we remove a leader from the the region becomes more unstable iraq yeah. Yeah. libya so on and so forth he's like we're not very good at that we're not very good at that process for whatever yeah. reason and he said now the united states the heads of the united states need to ask themselves is this is something that they want to do is this something that they want to do with a nation that has the biggest stockpile of nuclear weapons. Yeah. I think, I think basically, I, I guess depending on how Tucker could have phrased the question, I think it might've been a good idea to bring up the Wagner group, but then I think it, he could have, Tucker could have came off too much as a Putin apologist because basically what that would have created was a juxtaposition between Putin and who everybody thinks it like, well, I don't know Putin. I'm not a Putin apologist, but who the mainstream media says is the devil, and it would have brought up, it would have uh, brought forth a juxtaposition between that and somebody who was basically in Pergorgian, who was basically saying it's time to use nukes on Ukraine. Yeah. So, I feel like. I don't know if Tucker even thought about it. Maybe he did. I don't know what his process is. But I also think that if that would have been brought up, that could have been an easy way for the mainstream media to be like, oh, look, he's basically like a Putin puppet, like a Putin apologist. Cause yeah. like, you're creating this juxtaposition of like, oh, well, see, Putin is not so bad. This guy would have been way worse. I don't know. I don't know. I think where I think because Tucker knew how the mainstream media was going to respond to him, I feel like he went about the interview in a way where it was like, "I'm going to press this dude. Yeah. I'm going to press this dude. It's going to be a civil. It's going to be a civil discussion. But I'm not really going to leave any room to be to be attacked. And that's one of the reasons attacked in terms of." being agenda driven because that's the badass thing about that interview it wasn't it, it wasn't agenda driven it like, was like you can speak and like the mainstream media is it, yeah. it wasn't that and i think if if he if he would have brought up the wagner group and i think if he would have brought up the the degeneracy of the west 
Yeah. I think that would have opened the door for the media to like just pull those clips and be like, look, this guy is a Putin puppet. Yeah. This was an agenda driven interview. This was a softball interview. These are questions that were like tailor made for Putin versus this was like, no, I'm, I'm letting the guy talk. I'm yeah. going to like say what I have to say here and there, but basically I'm going to let him talk. And to cap it all off, the balls of Tucker at the end to be like in a show of decency, will you release this 32-year-old yeah. <laughs> uh, Wall Street Journal journalist? Was it the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times? No, it was the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Yeah. It's a 32-year-old journalist. That's what I do know that's being held in, in, uh, in, uh, in prison in Russia. And if you noticed, even Putin smirked like, damn, this the balls on this guy. Yeah, he smirked like, but like he respected it because you know the the media in his nation will never do no shit like that. No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, Tucker, Tucker held his own big time. He wasn't pushy, but he also asked the right questions. Um, and and also like uh, he also Tucker also dismantled the narrative that he's like some like Putin lover or apologist. no, no, no. And he was very uh, his physicality. Because the thing is, when you when you when you actually take an account when you watch the body language of people, yeah. like it almost felt like very like cowboyish. Yeah, because like, and if you notice, uh, you notice Tucker was like very aware. Like when that that person, one of the associates of Putin, brought that paperwork. Yeah, Tucker even like looked like he not scared, but like like a little on edge. Like like what the fuck? Like why is yeah. this guy walking? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like it was uh, the physicality of the interview. Because for all we know, for all we know, Putin might have been like, "Yeah, like you can't have like none of your people in this room. It's just gonna you could set up your camera, but like you can't have like." So all we know, for all we know, it was just Tucker in there with a bunch of with Putin and a bunch of Putin's people. Yeah, you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, because I would imagine like. If I was Putin, I probably wouldn't like allow like any of Tucker's people in there. Yeah, like you know. Maybe in the Kremlin, like I'm in the basement somewhere while yeah. we do the interview, but like not not where not, I'm at. Yeah, yeah. hell no. Because you you don't know what who the fuck these people are or what. But I you imagine like just the process of getting that done, like how strenuous that process must have been. Yeah. To get that interview done from the security checks to like getting over there to like kind of like whatever who are the 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 translators you're using? Jesus, what are like a logistic process and and like. For Tucker to be independent and get that done in the way that he did, God bless him. Yeah. Like God, God bless him. Like, like, and, and I, I think about that stuff because we've been in the realm of the logistics of, of doing music, of, of of doing sketch comedy, and like just the logistics of something like that. Imagine something like this: a world leader, international. Yeah. Just, wow, wow, what a team he has. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Overall, um. It, it 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 uh it's kind of crazy because it's it, it reminded me of like the Trump era and uh I would imagine like the conversation was very similar probably even a little bit more you know because two world leaders um they kept it real and I think that that a lot of the reason why during Trump's presidency, we didn't see uh, 
Putin go after Ukraine in the manner that he did was I think that Trump's stance on NATO was kind of like, yeah, y'all are kind of goofies. Yeah. And and you guys got to hold your own. And I'm not really going to be like a real super pro-NATO person. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that uh, put uh, Putin's mind at ease. Like, oh, well, I don't feel threatened by yeah, this shit. Yeah, because basically, basically, like, it, what, what I surmised from from Putin's rationale for his invasion of Ukraine was history and lies. The history of the nation, the 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 the, the region, the land and 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 the history of how that land has been part of Russia, the motherland. That and then the lies of basically since the dismantling of the Soviet Union there were so many deals and and promises made to russia in terms of like opening them up to like the world and like being part of the conversation and at every corner at least according to putin they've been lied to yeah and so now it's like not only haven't like hasn't the rest of the world like kept its end of the bargain but now you're in talks of this land that was that i see as part of our motherland being part of NATO and like we've yeah. never been invited to this table, then like, no, nah, I got to do something, you know? Yeah. I, and I think that's his rationale, whether like you think it's justified or not. I, it seemed like that was definitely the rationale. Yeah. So I, I, um, it's wild in my, I guess it, it to, to, and in anticipation for the interview, I I went uh, I went back to kind of catch up to some of the interviews and like Tucker has been so on point. Um, he had one and I forgot the doctor's name or scientist's name uh, about the border. I don't know if you saw that one. No. Uh, crazy because he went over like the trajectory of how they're getting there which is in between, I want to say, it's Colombia and Panama, the Darien Gap. The shit that he saw, uh, how there's even Chinese camps, which is literally Chinese people, uh, and, and like just like h- how it's just basically being facilitated. Mm-hmm. Things that you don't see anywhere, things that you don't uh, hear people talking about, yeah. yet you probably should know because yeah. like it's in-depth shit about like stuff that affects us you know like the 53 million in new york is willing to pay uh the immigrants yeah crazy on, on prepaid uh, cards and it's like you you realize oh wow this shit goes all the way to fucking panama yeah. it starts in panama yeah uh and, and i think this guy was talking about how like they get to ecuador is it ecuador Ecuador, Panama, where where like their visa and like passport shit is so lax that that's where everyone lands. From there, then they start making their way to the Darien Gap. Well, anyway, that interview There's was a just a whole system in place. Yeah, it's a whole system where where like they even have camps. I think the UN has camps where like it, they they pretty much like this is how you get there. This is how you get there. It's how you go. Um, just a very crazy, crazy description of that situation. You go from that situation to 
it was that was one interview. The other one was uh, about Ozempic, the one that you were talking about. Yeah, I haven't watched that one yet, but I want to watch it. Yeah, amazing, crazy, and it was crazy because uh, like some of the shit that these guys talk about, uh, like the guy that was talking about the 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 immigration, he was talking about how like the the he went. Uh, th- there was a part where he kind of got sidetracked and started talking about how, like, it's weird how, like, there's, during the time that there's so much migration to the U.S., like, there's all these uh, examples of, like, I think after the third shot of, of the third jab that, like, it starts taking adverse effects where it makes, like, the the indicators of you being sick or being a- your body being able to attack a... Uh, Whatever the sickness is or the, the, the virus that, that that enters you, it starts kind of like fucking with it to the point where like if you get sick, it'll just be like, well, your body doesn't react. So he's like, the shit that, that was being talked about, I was like, damn, it's very interesting and made me want to do more research. Then the Russell Brand interview, and it's like, it's refreshing to see, first of all, a person who's not really there to... He'll have his opinions, yes, like everybody has their opinions, but he lets them talk. Yeah. It's very Seth Rogan-ish, but better in the, sen- in, in the sense Joe of... Rogan? Oh, oh, yeah, that's the <laughs> Seth Rogan. <laughs> Great ass shit. <laughs> that, very Joe Rogan-ish, but, but like, I feel like Tucker has a better approach or a better questioning. Yeah. He kind of... And obviously, he, that's that's his actual profession was like... Yeah. He was, he, he was in journalism... Uh, and it still is, still is a journalist, but I'm saying now that he's independent, he just knows how to hone in. Yeah. And then, and then as he hones in, he asks questions that just kind of just go right with the flow. And so, um, man, that guy's a national treasure. Uh, uh one other thing before we move on uh, from the Putin interview, I thought it was interesting how Tucker, uh, closed out the interview asking Putin about, religion and god and i think probably the final nail in the coffin in terms of bringing up you know like the uh his putin's christian uh eastern orthodoxy is that when he spoke about it and and he spoke in in a belief in god where the west increasingly is becoming godless i think there's many people out there that don't like that too much either because you know you know but it's the truth the the globalists and and really like the even in like in in most communism cuba china mao castro the, they don't like the notion of God because it, the notion of God is like something it, it, it basically can like elevate the human spirit to transcend like what what is. Yeah. And and you see that the tactics of, of the West, the elitist and the globalist is basically that like taking God out of everything, pushing like godless artists, pushing like 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 a, a, a godless narrative. And so that's another thing it's like for a world leader to not view 
life like that, I think that's also something that they don't particularly care for. Yeah. Uh, 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 in a big nation, you know, a nation that like could could make a difference. And ultimately, the the case you have against the U.S., the West in general, is if you're rotting from the inside, why should I be in a rush to defeat you? You'll defeat yourself. And um, that was my takeaway of his view of the West. It's like, well, you can keep printing dollars and you can keep like doing all of this, but like you're hurting yourself. Yeah. You're not really focused on yourself. Yeah, exactly. And so it's fine. I mean, he he's not in a rush. Like, again, he, he, he didn't seem like a guy that I, I want to take over. I no. want to be no, no. Like he's like I get that more from from Xi Jinping. Yes, yeah, yeah. But but even the way he talked about China, he's like, yeah, they're the biggest economy. Yeah. They're the biggest economy, and it is what it is. But like, he's not like uh, he didn't seem to me power hungry. He seemed to me, let's maintain. Yeah. When we have to expand, we expand, and let's maintain. And be aware and self-aware, and and I guess in in that regard, and now that you kind of gave me context on the Andrew Tate, um, because now the tweet makes a lot more sense. It's like there is no point in talking about that. There is no point in talking about the degeneracy of the West. Nah. There is no well, point. Well, not only that, but Tucker also didn't really bring it up. You know, yeah, so it would have been like, well, like you're what are you just like deviating into like. Yeah, conversation, you know. Yeah, and then if you're not asked about it, it's like, well, there's no point of 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 giving the other side a a glimpse of right the way you view them. Like, exactly. Well, you viewed the you know because well, he, and he's also smart enough to know like what the American people are gonna consume and how they're gonna digest it, and yeah. versus the things that we've heard him say to his own people. Yeah. So. We're divided, we're not patriotic, uh, and increasingly godless. That's a lot of stuff that we have to do inner work Yeah, in the West. Which may never get fixed, you know? Yeah. Um, one, one awesome thing that I thought Mike Cernovich pointed out, which was, which was interesting, he pointed out, He's like, man, this interview must have been like oh, what yeah. it was in like radio times. It when, felt like when, that. When, like everybody was just listening. Yes. That that and it did. It was interesting. Like to that perspective. I really, I really dug the perspective. I dug it, but like I remember being at work and like telling people and and, and to, to an extent, it's like people that don't care about world shit, like no, it, yeah, that well, shit'll fly over their head. Yeah, well this this is definitely this what Cernovich said it, it was that, but but I don't know. Sometimes I, I don't want to say things because I don't want to come off as arrogant, but it's just the truth. It's like some like subject matter is just a little bit more sophisticated. Yeah. And and, and Cernovich said that he's like this interview is is he said something along the lines of he's like this interview is for people that read books are able to be alone with their thoughts this is the interview for them Pe- you know who was excited about that shit code name mr zena oh really yeah like he was and it was so funny because i saw him talking to somebody uh about it and the like, oh yeah yeah oh okay okay 
But, like, you could just tell, like, they didn't want to bother with it. Yeah. And I'm, like, listening. And then I started talking to him about it. And we're talking. But, like, yeah. he, that's a guy who gave a fuck, like, about yeah, this was course. an important topic. Yeah. And, like, it shows you. But but then it shows you where he's at compared to others. Oh, absolutely. And it's like, wow. Well, th- th- there you go. Because, like, you're a person that wants to be aware of what's going on in the world. Which is you important. You need to be aware <laughs> of what's yes. going on in the world. Um, So... That was our coverage of the interview. The next three uh, uh, segments are going to be a little bit more rapid fire than that. Um, so the there was a special report done on Biden in terms of his handling of of uh, the the documents that he had in his Delaware garage. Basically, a similar situation to the Trump case uh, in Mar-a-Lago. Uh, with with those documents that supposedly like were were supposed to be given back to the government, this that and the third, in the special report that came out, Biden it, it was it was basically it was basically concluded that Biden uh, is what the guys say is a well intentioned a well intentioned old man with a failing memory, and basically that he's not standing trial because he didn't do anything wrong he's not standing trial because he doesn't have the mental capacity to stand trial based off of the questions that he got from the special counsel when he was asked questions that he couldn't answer about like basically not knowing when he was no longer vice president not knowing when his son Bo died so on and so forth so much to the point that at night, in the evening, not at night, but in the evening, it was getting late, like later than he ever does any other press conference. It's like an eight. He got trotted out there to give a press conference because it was in crisis mode in terms of the mainstream media and in terms of... In, in terms of... It's stuff that we what, know. What was going on and... and uh, and everything like that. We knew this though, and that's the thing. Like, it, what's so funny is mainstream media pushed the narrative of like, yeah, you keep saying dude is 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 has dementia and is, ain't fit to serve, but like, you're out of your fucking mind, American people. And and so. We said it. We said it leading into the last presidential election. This guy doesn't have the mental, like, yeah. capacity. And, he doesn't. And, and then, and then, to have that as a juxtaposition the same day as the the Putin interview, it's embarrassing. It's super embarrassing. Super crazy. Super scary. Concerning. F- furthermore, furthermore, when Biden was when the the actual like questioning began, Peter Ducey in in epic format like he didn't even wait to get called on he just shot in there and he asked the first question and uh and uh he asked basically like are you like is your memory failing you and he's like oh uh my memory's fine uh my memory's so bad that i i remember to like you know call on you which is like an attempt at a joke but which was fine like that wasn't like anything like really like too much of noteworthy <clears throat> of note but was noteworthy was the fact that the rest of the of the press corps started to shellac Biden. You saw that the left wing media went into complete panic mode. 
Peter Ducey was the calmest one there. <laughs> yeah, he was. He, he was the calmest one there. I was so surprised. I was like, to me, like what, what I saw with Peter Ducey was a guy who saw basically everything that the right wing has been saying about this guy is true. Yeah. I don't really need to go that hard right now because the proof is in the pudding. And now I'm looking at these motherfuckers and they are losing their mind. They're yeah. losing. They're in panic mode. So I don't know what they're going to do. Me and my mom, we were talking about it, and I was theorizing. I have a feeling, speculation, complete, utter theory. I have no proof to back this up. This is just my thoughts. I have a feeling that the powers that be have already asked Biden to step aside. And I think he is refusing because he knows that if he steps aside overnight, him... And his son will become chopped liver. I think there's been a lot of dirty dealings. I think the Democratic Party has no true loyalty or allegiance to him. I think he's been a puppet this whole time. I think he's been a useful idiot. And I think he knows that the minute he steps aside, it would not serve the new regime to defend him anymore. In fact, yeah. it might actually let make the new regime look better that they're allowing him to get washed away in the tide. Yeah. Him and his son, I think he knows that, and I think he himself is refusing to step away. So what happens leading into November? I think he runs. I I I think I think he runs unless um, I I I I cannot believe at this point. I cannot believe at this point with all the catastrophes that they've they've come to, they've faced that they think he's the man like there's no way from the polls to, to everything i i don't i just can't but, see it but, they would have to be the worst strategist in in history it's either that what i said or they know that they have some trick up their sleeve where they're not going to lose that it has to be that because the strategy it doesn't make sense you'd have to be the worst strategist in the world to think that after all of this the poll numbers, because this is only going to help Trump more. Yeah. Trump is already surging in 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 on 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 his own reconnaissance yeah. on his own. But then you have this stuff; it's going to help Trump surge more. This is yeah. the type of shit that gets independents to vote Republican. This type of shit. Oh this, yeah, yeah, a yeah. Press conference like that. It's damning. There Very, was a there was a point where he talked about a memory that he had, and then stopped. Yeah. So, so it's to the point where where either they have told him to step aside for Newsom or Big Mike or whoever, or or they know that like they have they have all the the pieces in place to 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 fix the election to rig it. But I I can't imagine that at this point this is still their man and they want it to be well, like and one thing to back up to substantiate what i'm saying i remember during the midterms when obama gave a speech i forgot where it was but biden was there obama was there that's when they deployed obama to fucking help them in the midterms and after the speech the cameras were still rolling i forgot what news network it was and it was sad. It was truly sad. All these people came on stage. They were hugging Obama, kissing Obama, wanting to reach to shake his hand. Biden was there and he looked like a lost old man. He just looked like he was like, like he didn't know it where he sad. was. And yeah. like he even like tapped Obama like, like, a, like, a, like, a, like a lost grandpa tapping their grandson. And yeah. like 
Obama didn't like pay them no mind. Yeah. There's there's no way they think that's their guy. There's yeah. no way. There's there's something there's something behind the scenes that we definitely don't know about. And don't he And like I said, it's either he himself is, is stubbornly like, nah, I'm not gonna step down, or they know that they have that shit rigged to 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 kingdom come. And, and my thing is this though too, if you knew and we knew this before the last election that this man was struggling on a mental no why go with him why use him that that's the, the dumbest thing that you could do you're talking about in 2020 yes why go with oh, Biden? well because that's all they had that could appear to be trump L- listen let's not but there was nothing that appeared that he was going to be trump that's no, no, a, no, but, yeah think about the fact that like well, you nothing can't, about you can't run obama again even and no. even if you did that's probably not going to work you know that hillary is not going to win yeah who else do they have who else did they have at that time stacy abrams Gavin i mean Newsom? like who else did they have you'd be yeah i mean there's nobody at, at the there's time not one person you can name that would have that would have been able to, Newsom is slick talking enough to be yeah, able but to. Newsom Newsom didn't have the notoriety that he has now. Whether it's good or bad, he <laughs> didn't have the notoriety I mean, that he had, did now. And then let's not forget that in that time frame, some point wasn't it like the year after the election they recalled Newsom? They were they attempted to recall him? I think it was right after, right. if I'm not mistaken. So so like because it was definitely before the midterms. Yeah. Uh, so so like this dude is about to get recalled in his own state you're gonna run him on the on the I, na- national state no, I, I think you should have and I tell, I'll tell you why if you knew you had it rigged what's the what yeah what, but you what does still, it matter you still needed listen with the rigging you still need enough votes where you can get away with it let's not forget let's not forget that the I, I believe with the virus the fix was in from the beginning but i also believe and there have been others experts that have looked into this that have that that have corroborated what i'm saying or have validated rather what i'm saying they did not expect trump to get as many votes as trump did and that's where i think they realized damn we fixed this shit and we still didn't like manage to do enough this motherfucker ended up getting more votes than he did because I'm I'm pretty sure that they all thought Trump was going to get less votes than he did in 2016. No, he had more why votes would, than Obama. And and, and 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 why would you not think that when the man is being lambasted on the 24/7 news cycle for four years? Yeah. So I'm pretty sure they're thinking, oh yeah, this dude is definitely going to get less votes. So what we're going to do in Milwaukee, what we're going to do in Philadelphia, what we're going to do in Detroit. And what we're gonna do in Arizona, uh, what we're gonna do in in Atlanta, should be enough. And then it turns out, nope, stop, stop counting. Yeah. Why? Why are you stop counting? Or maybe you need to stop counting because now you need to tally up how many fucking ball- more ballots do we need? Yeah. What else do we need? And that's why. But you still needed somebody that could get somewhere in the realm because at a certain point. You the operation becomes too precarious if yeah. if you don't have somebody that could at least make it look like all right, well we can. He didn't we, though. Like, like no, what, no, what, he didn't. I, I agree yeah. with you. I agree what, with what you. What campaign did he do? I agree with you. Yeah. 
but out of everybody else that could have ran, Big Mike, Stacey Abrams, Gavin Newsom, there's really nobody else that I can think of that would have yeah. been anywhere near a legit candidate. And Biden, the only one out of those people that you could say you could, in a fantasy world, even in a fantasy world, get 81 million votes is Biden. Nobody else could even come anywhere close to that. You know what I mean? And even Biden, it's not believable, but yeah. like nobody else could, could you even fathom them getting an air? No, it had to be something that like the the lay person could be like, oh, well, yeah, Biden was Obama's vice president. He got 81 million. It could have, it had to be someone that like the, the that sort of thing could have been somewhat digestible. So, yeah. And I, I think that's why they, why they ran him. Moving on, uh, the two last things before we, we shut out the episode. Um, another bad day, another bad thing for the globalist and the elitist. Uh, Trump's uh, Colorado case looks good. It seems like even the left-wing judges are looking to side with him. They basically uh, 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 shat on the Colorado uh, a lawyer, basically saying, like, did you go to law school? Because this case is like... <laughs> I a- mean, it's a legit question. Yeah. And, and so that was very interesting. And then to fi- cap it off, the president of El Salvador, who's fresh off... Uh, uh, re-election win basically uh uh gave a jab to the united states he said all these countries saying that like we violate human rights because i took this nation from the most dangerous nation in the world to the most safest nation in the western hemisphere in one term as president by prioritizing good people over criminals why doesn't these countries with false democracies do the same for their people? Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. Which, well, yeah, because at that point I was like, man, you could come run for mayor. <laughs> so <laughs> Chicago. That, that was that was what a day. Yeah. Did, Did you it? ever see the videos of uh, when? Well, when uh, he had like those uh, the prisoners, the MS thirteen prisoners, when they were like running with them, all no. the all the jail guards. So I remember my my dad was so excited to show me this. He's like, "Watch this!" He's like, "This is the guy that won in El Salvador," and so they had these motherfuckers like zip tied to the back, and they would make them sprint. They fall, they're hitting them with like the baton, picking them up. When they lock them up, it'd be the cell, and then they would fucking drill like over the cell, like a whole wall, so they would get no sunlight. And then he's like, "And if there's any crime, they're not gonna eat." Um. They, he, oh, he would take their beds. In so in jail, they basically had no bed. They had to sleep on the steel or the concrete. Very limited food, and if the crime rate went up, the, the, then the 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 they he would treat those inmates even worse. And he was announcing that to them. Definitely makes you think about committing crime in a nation <laughs> like that. Yeah, and it's wild because like the crime went down so so drastically, and that it, they ceased to be a problem. Yeah. Very interesting stuff. That's our special episode. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you guys back here for our normal Tuesday episode. The show continues to grow because you guys keep listening. So keep on listening. Remember, if we talk about something that you know somebody would be interested in, please share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch. 
And if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.